Hello and welcome to another edition of the Newsreel. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And for those of you who are checking out the Newsreel for the first time, uh, this is our pop culture show where we cover what's currently going on with movies and TV. But before we get into the Newsreel, let's get into our TNR question of the day. And so, uh, Jeremy, we are recording this on the night of Cinco de Mayo, and that makes yesterday, well, what I like to call Star Wars Lisp Day, because... May the fourth be with you. <laughs> That's true. I was trying to say it to people. I'm like, may the fourth be with you. It's, it's kind of hard to to just get yeah. off the tongue. Yeah, man. It sounds like you have a lisp. <laughs> oh, man. But, I mean, since yesterday was Star Wars Day, I wanted to have this, uh, basically this question of the day. Um, what is your favorite scene of all time from any of the Star Wars franchise? And why? And you know what? I'm actually including all of the films and all of the TV shows uh, from the past in all of the Star Wars franchise. All right. So I'm glad that you mentioned shows and everything in the franchise because my favorite scene, I'm not going to spoil it just in case you end up watching Star Wars The Clone Wars. It's actually the final scene of the series. Uh, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's the final scene of the series and it's such a, it's such a awesome scene because obviously you know how the Clone Wars is between episodes two and three and, um, the final season actually happens between three and four or at the end of three, pretty much Mm -hmm. kind Mm -hmm. of in that range, um, almost even happening sequentially. Uh, during episode three. So, yeah, that last scene of Star Wars, the Clone Wars, is probably my favorite just because of how how mature it's come from the beginning of the series and how uh, they're not afraid to end a little bit on a somber note as well. I think definitely if you check out the series and people that know about that last scene, uh, it's definitely one where with the music very star warsy but then it's an end of an era of the the characters that we grown to love really is 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 it related to order 66 yeah yeah but there's definitely some other things too that that it just breaks your heart in a way too it gives more depth and everything to that that skywalker saga that especially the first um you know the Technically, the original trilogy and then the prequel trilogy. It it makes the prequel trilogy like like look so good <laughs> when it's obviously not that good, but the show is much better than the prequels. Interesting. Yeah, you know what? Um, I think I mentioned this to you. Well, it was a while ago now. It was offline for sure. Uh, I did start the show. I probably am like, I probably watched a handful of episodes. Um, and so, man, so many things to watch that I, I lost track of watching it again. But again, all it takes is maybe one random like Star Wars thing and I'll start watching it again. So um, I, I liked it so far um, from what I've seen. And I think the, the last time I was watching it was right around the time The Mandalorian Season 2 ended. Mm, Try and get your Star Wars fix. Yeah, yeah, because when that when that finished, I was like, man, I still needed some, yeah, needed that Star Wars fix, and 
Um, well, season three, is that still going to be coming out like in the fall? I mean, because I know that the previous two um, seasons were right around what, October ish, something like that. The, uh, Mandalorian. Yeah, Mandalorian. Right? Sorry. I yeah. haven't heard too much about it, actually. So I'm hoping I feel like it's going to be next year because of um, what's it called with Boba Fett? Book of, oh, Book of Fett. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure they're going to have it, like, delayed or something just for make room for Boba Fett. Mm, that makes sense so that they can kind of do these, uh, I guess, one-off TV shows that they did, all of them, that, that they announced during the, I think it was the investors meeting, wasn't it? Yeah, the one I'm most skeptical about is the Andor uh, show with uh, with uh, Cassie and Andor, obviously from Rogue One. And it looks cool, but I was like, oh, do we do we need to see more of that? But, you know, it's always like that, and hopefully they proved me wrong, because the more of the Star Wars universe is always a good thing, I think. Right, yeah. And, you know, like, when Mandalorian got uh, announced, I was just like, okay, I'll check it out. Didn't really expect too much, and then obviously uh, Pedro Pascal did such a good job of, you know, playing the Mandalorian, and obviously we got... Uh, baby yoda aka baby grogu mm-hmm. or grogu i mean he's not he's not a baby he's, fi- he's 50 yeah uh, who knows how old he'll be the next time we see him all right uh well you know what my favorite uh has it's got to be the one on i guess my f- all-time favorite movie uh, empire strikes back it's that uh one famous scene right at the very end when right or when they're right about uh when they're about to uh, freeze Han Solo in Carbonite, and uh, man, Leia comes <laughs> like they got the kind of the music swelling. They got Leia talking to Han and be like, "I love you," and then Han, just like the scruffy looking nerf herder that he is, goes, "I know." And I'm like, "Oh man, that was it's it, every time he says it, it's still so good." I don't mm-hmm. know because I didn't know like even watching those movies for the first time. Like, oh, shoot, what's going to happen to Han after this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, obviously he comes back later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and I don't even know if you know this, but, you know, just I, I one of my favorite documentaries of all time uh, is, well, it's called Empire of Dreams. It's a documentary that's actually on Disney Plus right now, but it's about the original trilogy, uh, you know, about the making of and kind of like the behind the scenes of what it took to make the original trilogy. And during that documentary, Han was actually supposed to say, I love you too. And they tried so many takes and uh, the director of Empire Strikes Back, uh, Irvin Kirshner, he didn't like any of the takes and he was just getting kind of like frustrated. So Kirshner ends up telling Harrison Ford, it's like, hey, you know what? Don't think about it. Just don't think about it. And you know what? Let's just start filming. And then so uh, the scene kind of goes on and then literally Harrison Harrison Ford uh, ends up ad-libbing his line and the rest is history. I mean, it is a very uh, Han Solo thing to say also, but then it hits you. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm glad that uh, they just allowed Harrison Ford just to have that creative freedom. Just, you know, just just. Do what feels right. And, you know, obviously this was the second film that he was playing that character and spent all that time um, playing Han. 
And it just came out perfectly. And I'm glad they used that take. Mm, yeah, because I think that's an iconic scene, for sure, in the, especially in the original trilogy. For sure, for sure. Actually, did you have any um, honorable mentions? I, for some reason, uh, just obviously growing up, uh, early 2000s, I love Anakin versus Obi-Wan. That's always Ooh. like, my like if I'm just going to watch something on YouTube real quick, I watch like the Anakin versus Obi-Wan from episode three. Yeah, no, that's a good one. That's such an epic uh, lightsaber. I think it's definitely the best one. Oh, and the, mu- and the music, especially the music in that scene. Oh, for sure. And actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because my honorable mention is basically the first time you hear John, or I think it's the the iconic John Williams' Duel of Fates. It's uh, when it starts playing in a Darth Maul, just bust that with mm. the double-sided lightsaber. I was like, oh, man. Nah, that's going a good down. one. Yeah, because, I mean, that first lightsaber battle... Uh, between Darth Maul and uh, Qui-Gon and, and, and uh, Obi-Wan. I felt like that one was the best one before uh, episode three. Yeah, because you didn't really see lightsaber fights like that before. And the Duel of Fates score is just like timeless. Yeah, dude, it's so iconic. So iconic. Well, anyway, here uh, on the newsreel, um, we uh, try to t- uh, pick some topics um, I tend to pick a a tv topic and jeremy tends to go ahead and pick a movie topic and you know we try to uh, keep it current with what's going on i mean we are taping this again on cinco de mayo and so uh jeremy i figured we'd go with the tv topic first this week and um you know i was actually looking through some articles i I came across an article on variety and it reported that taika watiti uh, obviously famous for uh for directing Thor Ragnarok and uh, uh, Jojo Rabbit. And uh, they they reported that Taika Waititi actually has been cast as, uh, he's going to be playing a pirate, uh, Blackbeard, uh, on a an upcoming comedy on HBO Max. Uh, there's still no release date, but it's going to be called Our Flag Means Death. And so Taika Waititi was already announced to uh, direct the pilot, and he will be executive producer for the show. And so, Jeremy, knowing what we currently know, and you know, we don't really know a whole lot. Do you have any predictions on what you think the basic premise of "Our Flag Means Death"? Do you uh, do you think uh, what do you think that'll be? I feel like it's gonna be something like pirates, probably pirates of the Caribbean, kind of like Jack Sparrow type thing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. It's a little bit wacky, and uh, he's basically gathers like a band of misfits. I think that's probably the way it's gonna go. Uh, just to have a little bit of more scope, but at the same time, you have a an ensemble of characters too, uh, with uh, with Taika as uh, probably the the lead. Yeah, you know, what? I I actually can picture him playing like a Johnny Depp type character. You know, uh, Jack Sparrow. Um, I'm also thinking maybe you'll get obviously a little bit of the uh, the humor that you did see in Thor Ragnarok, but I feel like he's going to be playing Blackbeard in a similar fashion as to I guess his character in Jojo Rabbit, yeah. where he ends up playing uh, a certain very important character from World War II. We'll just say, 
Let's just say he was not a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Probably one of the worst. But man, did he play that part really well? Yeah, he stole like he stole the show every time. Like just him and his um you know, his chemistry with that kid in Jojo Rabbit was the best part of the movie. I know it's like why am I enjoying this so much? And <laughs> and and I think it's just a testament to the writing and, you know, his direction and everything. And uh, I don't know about you, when I saw uh, this come across, I'm like, dude, when does this come out? I was hoping to find some sort of release date or at least like a kind of an estimate. And so, I mean, I know I'm looking forward to definitely checking it out. Uh, is, do you think this is, would be a show that you would be invested in? Because I know really TV isn't really your thing unless it's um, you know something that interests you. Mm-hmm. I because I, I I would definitely check it out just especially the first episode if Taika Waititi's directing the first episode because I do love his style of directing. There's this something, uh, almost like a wide-eyed kid of how he directs his his movies and his shows, especially like in in Mandalorian when the episode oh, that yeah. he directed it's it has that that feel about it and especially like Jojo Rabbit. Um, it feels like he very much understands uh, just how you can really tug at like the feels, but at the same time, know when to get uh, the message across and how to get it across. I know. It, and he does it in such a creative way. I feel like he thinks outside the box in a lot of ways, but yeah, he knows what strings to pull and you just know that it, at, at the very least is going to be really uh, an entertaining show. Yeah, so I'll definitely you know check out the trailer and possibly check out the the first episode as well, and hopefully that can get me hooked on that. Cause pirates usually not my biggest genre, but I'll give it a chance, especially if it's uh, Taika Waititi. Right. Uh, you know, with Pirates of the Caribbean, I think I only enjoyed the f- the first one a lot. The second mm-hmm. one parts. Third one. And then I didn't even bother watching anything after that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely the movies got worse. But, you know, the Black Pearl is still really enjoyable. I think so, too. I think that's actually aged pretty well. I, I, I watched it fairly recently, and and I did enjoy it. So I feel like if it's done well, the writing's good, and, and it's got like a, I guess, a united story, I think it, it should be good And because I feel like, the people that are involved, their quality and what they do. So um, I think I'm pretty much all in on anything Taika Waititi at this point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I want to jump into my movie topic. And I know that it's all over Twitter, all over social media, Facebook. I, I even saw it on there <laughs> uh, that Marvel announced a bunch of new release dates for a number of their upcoming movies. Uh, but of course, we we know Black Widow's coming, Shang Chi, and uh, Eternals are like this year. But some of the ones that like really stood out to me, I, I guess Spider Man also this year. But uh, we got some announcement dates, announcement dates for uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. We got Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, oh, uh, the title drop for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I'm like, oh, I love that title. Reminds you of Batman Forever. <laughs> yes. But I, I love the title. It um, sounds awesome. Then we got The Marvels. And then 
Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And then a little bit of a tease of Fantastic Four. So, out of all the movies that they kind of teased, and uh, which one do you think you're looking forward to the most? Ooh, that's a good question. Maybe post, post No Way Home. Post No Way Home. Okay, yeah, so after um, no Way we're Home. basically talking about 22 and mm-hmm. beyond. Okay. Uh, ooh. You know what? I will have to say, I don't know. I I feel like the easy answer is still going to be Doctor Strange for ooh, me. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, it, it's uh, only because, okay, with Black Panther, so, I mean, so obviously there is that intrigue of what they'll do um you know ryan coogler will do with um you know with chadwick boseman's uh death you know what they'll do with the t'challa character and like how they'll explain that um and i'm definitely looking forward to that uh but and then you got guardians of the galaxy volume three that we were kind of talking about when during our uh mcu episode where we were talking about volume two and then um the marvels and then we got eh. Ant-Man, uh, Quantumania. Eh, okay. Mm-hmm. So really it was between Black Panther and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And I no, feel like... Uh, Thor Love and Thunder? Uh, Thor Love and Thunder is something that I look forward to as well. But I feel like that'll be entertaining in terms of kind of within that movie. But... I guess the way I'm thinking about it is in terms of the scope of where phase four will go in the Marvel cinematic universe and beyond potentially with uh, phase five. And I feel like the multiverse of madness will potentially uh, have um, ramifications on, you know, if they introduce like X-Men or uh, fantastic four or just like other um other things you know i feel like that's the movie that will actually blow the whole mcu wide open so that's why i went with that Ooh, yeah that's definitely a good one man because i do agree with you uh multiverse of madness is the one that's probably the game changer in terms of if hopefully if it sticks its landing hopefully they can Uh, like you said anything can happen in that movie and i feel like they can do so much in that movie i hope that one's really good but for me i'm looking forward to thor love and thunder i think weirdly in a way because of uh taika watiti's choice to bring back jane foster and make her like give her uh thor's powers Mm -hmm. i think is it's a weird choice uh, because of the track record of the character in the previous two movies that she's went, been in. But I trust Taika Waititi enough to be like, ooh, this could be still really good. And I feel like it could be extremely more comedic now, too. Because it's yes. like, let's say they they're both have the, the power of Thor. Uh, <laughs> uh, but other than that, I would probably say I'm looking forward to um, Fantastic Four. Because I, I just want to see them do a good ver- good version. <laughs> I know. They're kind of like half for two. I thought the first one was pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
That, yeah. Oh man, the Michael J. Uh, Michael J. Michael J. Fox. Uh, I almost said that. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan one was not good. <laughs> I did. I haven't even checked it out, man. But uh, Chris Evans was definitely a, a high, highlight in the first, not first two, but those uh, other two Fantastic Four movies. Then he became Captain America. <laughs> Dude, they should do an Easter egg in Multiverse of Madness where he's basically Captain America and, uh, and uh, what's a Human Torch, right? Human Torch. And then uh, Killmonger <laughs> is also a uh, Human Torch. <laughs> yeah. Shoot, that'd be, so, that'd be so good. So I'm curious who, who they're going to cast in that, but... Yeah, definitely, man. There's so much stuff for them uh, for Marvel to come out, and at least it what we're gonna get like a movie or something every quarter of the year. <laughs> That's so crazy how much material that they have. I mean, uh, kind of just going off of what you're talking about with uh, Thor four, <laughs> Thor four, uh, Thor Love and Thunder. I'm curious to see if we're going to get a training montage for Thor uh, for him to get in shape, uh, especially if Jane Foster's in, in involved. <laughs> Oh, dude, that's if they don't do a training montage, let's say like he's with the Guardians of the Galaxy and they don't have a training montage from uh, Quill's Zune that he's supposed to be using now. <laughs> I would be so dis- that's like the huge, the the biggest missed opportunity if they don't do a training montage with some like 80s music. I know, exactly. And then... um you know, because they were talking about the whole Bowflex and everything. That'd be so cool if they busted out with an, like an old school Bowflex and him. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, having like a picture of Jane Foster or something like that as as motivation for, for Thor to get ripped again. Dude, that would be hella funny. And especially like <laughs> if, um I don't know, if Peter Quill's also there trying to get buffed too because they called him fat last time. <laughs> yeah. And then they have that kind of that rivalry uh, that they've introduced in Infinity War and had a little bit at the end of Endgame. Yeah, they should just open the movie with that. That's what I would do. Just them, <laughs> them two training and then, you know, Thor could finally come back to Earth and uh, see what Jane Foster's up to. Yeah. Well... I'm also thinking you're um, saying Thor, Love and Thunder, because it is uh, <laughs> it is uh, Natalie Portman. <laughs> well, you're not wrong there either. Because <laughs> I'm curious, like, she's coming back, so I'm like kind of a little bit excited to see what happens. Hopefully, third time's the charm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Well, I mean, and that's part of the reason why I chose Multiverse of Madness. Mm, I see. And we get Wanda again. Yeah, especially after WandaVision. I'm excited even more for that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, so good. So Jeremy, uh, do you want to preview what we have upcoming for the weekly real podcast? Yeah. So this coming Monday, we're going to be talking about a action thriller classic, dirty Harry starring Clint Eastwood. It's going to be a pretty interesting movie. It's on HBO max. If you want to check it out before we talk about it on Monday, uh, so check it out over there. Clint Eastwood is pretty young in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. I actually looked it up, and he was uh, f- like 41 or something like that. <laughs> Damn, he's like 90-something now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, he still kind of looks a little old, but I mean, really, uh, this this movie is kind of basically his prime. Yeah. Well, I think because uh, this is Dirty Harry's 50th anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll give out our 50-year 
spoiler warning uh, when we do have that episode. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Jeremy, I'm definitely looking forward to talking to you about Dirty Harry because it was really my first uh, time watching it. Uh, surprisingly, I just never got around to it. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, before we uh, talk about Dirty Harry, I uh, just wanted to take a moment of our time to plug our social media links. I mean, we are on Twitter and Instagram. What What is our uh, handle on both? At Weekly Real on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, sir. And uh, also, uh, definitely check out our YouTube channel. Um, you know, we we're trying to, you know, get some exclusive content on there. So definitely um, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search for Weekly Real Podcast. Um, hit that subscribe button and, you know, check out some of the videos that we do have on there already. And obviously we are looking uh, looking to add more exclusive content on YouTube as well. And so, again, thank you all for checking us out here on the Newsreel and just basically supporting the Weekly Reel podcast. And we'll see you next time on the Reel. Reel.